0: Talk Monday episode is here. How was hanging with Will Shuler? Kish, kish, kish. It was great. Had a great time. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Had a really, really nice time. Great nice. conversation. Way a blast.
1: Love to hear it. Yeah.
0: And there wasn't even any alcohol involved. If there was alcohol involved. It, it might even be even better. Have... Oh, it'd be way better. I yeah. do
1: want to check in. Maybe we can cut this from this podcast. You posted a story of you running on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You look sick.
0: I was very sick. <laughs> yes, I
1: feel like sometimes it's be like, yeah, I just feel a little crusty this morning. I'm like, no,
0: that I that boy's face sick. So there are some. So I I always work out. I always work out. I don't I don't miss. Yeah, I haven't missed for years. Now that doesn't mean I'm always out there like grinding, <laughs> but I'm I I always You're, do doing something. There's something deliberately done. Physically, every single day that I wouldn't otherwise normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to run after or in the early morning after a long night out because it makes me feel even worse. And I can... I deserve the, this pain. Exactly. The whole run, I'm like, you did this to yourself, you idiot. Uh, so you can't really feel... You, there's no sympathy there. You just have to go through it. Mm-hmm. I was feeling so bad Sunday morning, yesterday morning, when I went to go run, it was like 6.30 in the morning, so it still early, that I had to walk for some of my run. Jeez, <laughs> that's been a long time, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the first half mile, mile. You're like, ooh, I, I cannot. I, I tried to run a little bit. I'm like, mm, I can't do this right now. Oh. And so I, I walked about a half mile, a mile, and then finally got myself... Okay, there's there's air going through my lungs. There's sunshine on my skin. The birds are chirping, but it was a slog. Oof, it was a slog. I feel like the only
1: runs like like that are the ones where it's like, oh, there's not a bathroom anywhere. Like I, I just it's all an emergency just to get home. Like well, I'm
0: gonna do anything physically to do that. The funny you should say that my Saturday run I ran a half marathon. Oh yeah. About mile like nine or so. My stomach, <laughs> like Uh-oh. my digestive system is like, Hey bro, what's going on? And I'm like, no, no, no. We still got, four, we got a while. We, we got four miles. <laughs> like, we're, 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 we're a ways out. We are, we are a ways out, man. We are in a residential area. So there's, there's no bathrooms around mm-hmm. here and there's no woods or anything. I have no options at yep. this point. And I get to mile 10 and it is to the point where it's like, this is a dangerous situation. Oh man, I am playing with fire. To my immediate right, there's a porta potty like, on the other side of a house getting built, and so I slowly walk over there because, like us, it's dangerous. Slowly walk over there, thinking if this isn't open, we are going to have a serious well, problem.
1: It, your, your your body starts doing the countdown. It's like it can serious only wait just problem. long enough to get in there yeah,
0: because it, you know porta potties in Nashville they're usually locked. Yeah, because uh you know. They're not for the public. Yeah, there'll be some mischievous activity that will uh-huh. go on in porta potties typically that either is yeah. illegal or completely destroys them. But I went in there wildly, just amazingly clean porta potty, hmm. unlocked, problem solved.
1: You're able to do what you do. I have pulled over on the side of the road for my uh, child before. Like we're at a at a playground, no bathrooms. Hmm. Daddy, I gotta go. Uh, well. We're,
0: like where do, do you really he, don't, he
1: doesn't he not care you really have to he's like well i just got to go so it's just like all right I'll run to the car run into the car and it's just like oh there's a party potty on the side of the road i don't care what it's for we're gonna try to use it mm-hmm. That's part of it
0: it's it's not ideal but at that situation all of that goes out the window and you're just like <laughs> yeah, it's <"I>, very tactical <laughs> yeah i don't even i don't even need to worry about the cleanliness of this party party i just got to get the job done uh-huh. um and the problem with a long run is you get to a point where you're not really in control. You're kind of in control, but sometimes your stomach just does whatever it wants to do. And so it that's what makes it scary. Cuz mm-hmm. if it's like normal like today, I'm not afraid of messing my pants. I'm I'm in control here. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm good <laughs> I'm good to go. That's never a day-to-day threat. That's mm-hmm. never something that's on my mind. But in that situation, you're just like Mm, I don't actually know how pressing this is. I don't know. I, I have no idea because I'm not totally in control right now,
1: <laughs> and that's a scary, scary place
0: to be. Oh, yeah, it's you're <laughs>
1: you're just walking a tightrope. You just have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah,
0: but at least it was only like 85 degrees in humid in Arizona. It could be worse. You know, I've had some of those mornings where yeah, it's it is a balmy 120 degrees, and you're in that porta potty. Can bake to throw. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can have the discussion of oh, I'd rather have it you know ninety eight and humid than one hundred twenty all day. I'm like, Mm-mm. you've never been in a porta potty at one twenty. It's just <laughs> that's that's a different level. I will say
1: though, it had we haven't really had uh temps like we had the last couple days here in Nashville, where it was like as humid as it's ever been, but like at a hundred. Um, and So when you like when we were walking outside this weekend, it'd be like, oh, 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 oh,
0: yeah. I just the only way I can explain it is it's it's really uncomfortable. It it it's it's uncomfortable at both 100 and humid and 115. Both and, are and terrible. Dry. Yeah, they're both they both suck. Mm-hmm. So the people that are like, oh, well, this is way better. I'm like, get the hell out of here. It both sucks. Whatever. You can't drive
1: in either with your windows down. <laughs> no, it is it is not better.
0: The difference is the the most notable difference is when I run. When I run in 100 and humid, and when I run at 115 or you know 116 and and dry, 100 and humid, not a good time. I don't have fun at all. 116 and dry, I feel like I am, I might actually die. <laughs> I am like my life is in danger. Uh-huh. Fight or flight. This is not okay. Nothing about this is driving with my body whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only way I can put it into a. Ugh like into words yeah. it's most notable when i run and i don't feel like i'm going to actually die when i run here midsummer. summer mm-hmm. it's not a good time but i'm not legitimately worried about my health and well-being where would you we don't need to talk never mind we don't need to be talking about how sweaty
1: versus those two uh, temperatures are anyway welcome to uh dirt talk Summertime in Canada is where it is at. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but,
0: but wintertime is not where it's at. It is harder.
1: <laughs> it is tougher there in the winter. But during the summer, uh, my wife uh, took a new job, and her company is headquartered in Montreal. And so they've been like, yeah, we want to have, have you up here in the next like you know, month or two. And it's like, yeah, you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like You're right in the sweet spot still. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very jealous of yeah. that.
0: It's up there. It'll be the most north I've ever been. Because I've never been to Alaska. Alaska's way not, up there. I struggle when looking at a globe, what in Europe
1: is the same longitude as like what is here in America. You know yeah, what I mean? Like you probably it's, have It's all about Also the way you fly. You also go like through Greenland when you come back through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go up but and over.
1: I know what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So is it latitude or longitude? It's, lo- it's latitude. Yeah. I was I was going to say cuz I was trying to think. I was like cuz it's latitude flat. That's how I remember learning yeah, it in elementary yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, it's been a long time. I'm not a cartographer.
0: That is a great word. I like pulling that one out yeah. every once in a while. Like what, do I look like a cartographer? No. Yeah, okay. There's not a lot of job opportunities for cartographers these days. There's some uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a niche niche market. But most of the most of the world's already pretty mapped. You Isn't be that wild though? maps. Thinking back in the day, you didn't know what the hell was out there. You sail, you sail across the Atlantic Ocean, you run into, you know, what is now Colombia or mm-hmm. or Panama or wherever you whenever you and Cuba. And then you just have to figure out what the hell's there.
1: I find old, old maps fascinating before they could like go
0: to space and just see it. Mm-hmm. It's like, how'd you get any of these shapes even remotely correct? That was, th- I mean, that's the thing we've taken for granted our whole life, knowing what the earth looks like. Yeah. There was a point in time where no idea. I mean, we had a, we had a decent idea up until that point, but back in the day, I mean, people thought it was flat. People thought it just ended. Like mm-hmm. they just had no idea. And that's, it's obvious. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's wild to think about because if I didn't have Google maps, I would be screwed. Like even back at, not even in my in my lifetime, people didn't have Google Maps. How did they get from point A to point B? Well, oh, yeah, it was like they'd they'd have like a hard copy of a map, like in a
1: book, that they would keep in their car. Yeah. But then even I mean, I have plenty of memories of I might have even done this in high school. Printed off like the directions to get to a place. Yes. But yep. even before then, when it was just like we well, just have to look at the map. Yeah. It's like, well, depends on how good the map is. Or, or ask yourself How friend. am I going to get anywhere?
0: So it's, it, you take a right here and then it'll be three stop signs. You want to take a left and then it's the first left, not the second left. And it, it, it people just, you're just jotting down directions. Like how, I think what kind of blows my mind
1: is think of like in the seventies, how did anybody like drive to go see family 20 hours away? But they still, yeah, they, they still did. They still did. They still do. It's not like they're constantly on the way. I'm like, now I'm in <laughs> well, your
0: town. How do I get there? It'll be, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm now in the opposite camp. And this is, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm worthless at navigating. You know, go figure. But I will, trying to get somewhere, I'll kind of forget about my GPS and I'll be looking at the sign and the sign will say where I need to go. I'm like, I used the sign Mm-mm. and I got there. I am a, a land navigator. It's as simple as using the damn sign. Mm-hmm. You're know, like, okay, cool. So they have signs now. They have signs. They have these. And they tell you where to go. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I thought it was all on your phone. What happens if your phone goes away? I mean, I don't get
1: anywhere. That's, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, like in this part of the world, and maybe this is pretty typical, uh, if you're going camping or going hiking, any of that stuff, wherever you end up going, there's almost never service there. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can get there fine, but when you're like trying to like, okay, now I'm trying to get home. You can't just like dial up your home address and be like, yeah, here's how to get out
0: of this forest. Well, that's what I've learned with the basic course, and now the alpine trip I'm going on is basic land nav, cool. which is something I've never practiced. Did I do very well at it during the basic course? Nope, I failed at it mm-hmm. a few times over. Uh, So this time will be the second time where it is actually practicing land nav, where you get objectives and you have to navigate your way there Mm -hmm. without using something like a phone. Um, And it it is, it's super gratifying, super frustrating, but ultimately a good skill to have.
1: Well, there's definitely not instant gratification there because you are going to be thinking, I think we're going the right way. And then eventually find out you're not.
0: Yep. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's not like, oh, yeah, we're going the right way, baby. Let's go.
0: Uh-huh. You, you got to go for a while before you know for sure. And then if it's just you going in the wrong way, oh, well I'm an idiot. You slap yourself around, you turn around, fix the problem. But no one's the wiser. If you're leading a group of people, mm, not as good of a look. Well, I would
1: say uh, that is not specific only to navigation. It's I certainly have had plenty of those like as uh, yeah. being a leader for any number of things. Being like, I did this to all of us, yep. and now I have to go tell them. Mm-hmm. and That's the worst feeling.
0: Yeah, But that's what leadership is, part of it.
1: Well, that's, when, that's why I tell all those people, like, well, if you had given me better information, I wouldn't have done this.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That is when you blame everybody else. You don't take any responsibility whatsoever. Extreme disownership. Yep.
1: Misownership. Yep. Unownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that is. That's what we practice here at BuildWit.
0: Yeah, perfect. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, to go along with what we're talking about, I picked a theme for our, for our podcast today. It's perseverance, mm. and I feel like that sounds a little squishy, a little uh, touchy feely, mm-hmm. but it ain't. Um, I th- I think that uh, we talk to a lot of folks here on the Dirt Talk podcast who. Uh, Mm, it's safe to say, have learned lessons hard ways. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I get a, a good bit of questions. You know, folks being like, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. How do I? How do I figure that out? Or what are what are some ways I can approach this situation? So I have a couple of those kinds of questions. Okay. Um. And so I think we can dive right in because I think there's a lot of, uh, especially this first one. I think there's a lot of. um Lessons to be learned from what this person's probably thinking about right now, and I think it applies to a lot of folks we talk to here on the podcast. Great. Cool. First question is from Alex, and this is not me. I have made up a question or two in my life, but not this question. It says, what's up, boys? Love the pod. Thank you. Thank you. How can I stay in the dirt world, make a good living, and not work 80 plus hours a week? I love this work, but miss out on so much of life. Curious to hear your take. Cheers.
0: Yeah. The really...
1: (laughs) I, mean, I feel like that's how I felt the answer would start.
0: And yeah. I, I mean, that's it's indicative of one of the core problems the dirt world is going to have to figure out is, and, and COVID really set us sure. up for failure on this one. COVID introduced this whole concept of everybody working from home, if you have could do so. Mm-hmm. Obviously, service couldn't do that. Construction couldn't do that. A lot of industries couldn't do that, but... Everything's been work from home, work from home, work from home, work from home, because it's all the knowledge workers. Mm-hmm. That-
1: You're saying you don't need knowledge to, to work in the door world? Is that what you mean? No,
0: it's quote unquote, a knowledge worker. <laughs> yeah. You can do what you do anywhere. That's, I think is great. Our business is about two thirds remote. I don't think a business should be hundred percent remote. I think that's a terrible way mm-hmm. to- Build a culture and relationships. And I think companies that have gone 100% remote are setting themselves up for failure. However, I think contractors need to look at that and say, and just ask themselves the question, how do we make this a little bit more sustainable? Okay, I get it construction. You can't do it at home. That's the point. I think it's great that you don't do it at home. That's Mm -hmm. why most people are in construction. You're working outside. You're building different things, different projects, different challenges, different people, different pieces of equipment. Everything's always different. That's one of the main reasons people cite why they're in the industry and why it's so compelling and gratifying. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't think humans should be cooped up at their same stupid desk in some fucking closet in their apartment for 40 hours a week. I think that's inhumane. However... There needs to be a little bit of balance there. And again, I think companies just need to ask, how do we make this a little bit more sustainable? Just a little bit more sustainable. That's it. Maybe work less weekends. (laughs) Maybe give people some time off and actually allow them to use it. Like I asked the question, I took a poll on my social media this weekend for a newsletter. What do you wish management knew about your company? Quite a few responses. I wish they had a program that allowed us to actually take time off. Go figure. Or, hey, if I'm sick, I'm sick. If, if I have to spend all the time to go get a doctor's note, I'd be better off just sitting at home and getting better than trying to chase a doctor's note to prove I'm sick. Yeah. Or just because I'm taking time off doesn't mean I'm lazy. Or, hey, I have a life beyond the dirt world. <laughs> Those aren't crazy things to say in society nowadays. It's not really radical. Yeah, but in the industry, in the dirt world, that actually is a majority that actually is a majority and even if as management well no they have they have time off do they actually feel like they can take time off do your people actually take time off you should be asking those questions you should be looking at that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you should be okay great maybe they aren't that's a problem i think everybody should take some, some time off then what can we do to help facilitate that i don't think we need to give A lot here as an industry, but I think we need to get a little bit more responsible. Now, that's from a management side. As an individual, as an individual, depends where you're at. There's no right answer here. Coming out of school or where I'm at right now, I'll work as much as you want, as much as you want. I work seven days a week. I don't even think twice about it. Or out of school, I was like, dude, I'll work whatever hours. Yeah, sign me up, whatever hours. I am game. But then you go into these different seasons of your life where that's not cool anymore because you have twins at home that are 8 months old and 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 uh uh you know uh, and now now you have a family or now you're buying a house and you want to fix it up. Whatever the hell it is, there's other things that happen or you know a parent gets sick and you need to take care of your parent. So many things happen there and I think there just should be a little bit of flexibility. So I don't think working a lot is bad. I think we still need to work a lot. As an industry, yeah. there are some times where you have to work nights and you have to work weekends. And there are jobs that, that do require that. Um, but if you're also in a place where you just can't afford to do that, go find somewhere that does get you home every night. There's a lot of companies like that mm-hmm. that do have a little bit more balance, a little bit more leeway that do allow people to take some time off, which, shouldn't, again, shouldn't be that crazy, but, but they do. So there are some companies that have acknowledged that that have clearly that have said, you know, hey, we want all of our people to be home every night, so they have limited their growth to accommodate that goal.
1: Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about companies who, you know, everybody out in the field is working like this eighty-plus hour week, does is that typically because they can't, or they're struggling to get more people? To finish the work that they've like committed to and continue to commit to.
0: Yeah. You're getting squeezed from a labor standpoint. Yeah. So yeah, you just need to, you need to get the man hours in. And if you don't have, if you're missing a few people, that doesn't matter. I think it's the, the dirt world has put itself into a tricky position where we've met ridiculous schedules and now that's set a new standard.
1: Well, now everybody thinks that they can get it done in
0: that time. Mm -hmm. And to win the the job, like, oh, yeah, we can do whatever you want. That's fine. And and not take into account the human factor. Um, So I think we've been a little bit too aggressive from a scheduling standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I think everything is thought about just by hours. I don't think we've been smart enough to sit here and say, how do we build things better? Because if we can get the same product with less hours, Why not? Mm -hmm. How can we implement technology to, again, get the same product with less hours? Like, do we need to be working all those hours? Is that the only way to do it? Or is there a better way? I don't know. For a lot of things, there probably isn't. But for a lot of things, I think there is. That was another key piece of feedback I got, is I wish management uh, involved the people doing the work in deciding how to do the work. In the first place, like at the very beginning of that process. And they weren't saying, we want to go make the whole damn plan. They were just saying, please involve us just a little bit. Just just even just ask what the hell we think. I think we're sitting on so much potential efficiency. Yeah. But we're not taking advantage of it. Even as simple, as simple as because we're not communicating effectively between the office and the field.
1: Well, and I'm sure a lot of those like meetings and a lot of those conversations, when you have such uh, tight schedules, tight deadlines, any of those meetings are gonna be like, well, but those people aren't out there producing, working on the project. Even though, of course, you would see that value. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of like, well, but there's not a di- there's not a direct line item for how this like makes sense for us, or we just can't afford to do it. And so it's just like we'll just keep doing the projects we've always been doing, and schedule them the same way. Because yeah. like, there's just doesn't feel like another option.
0: I just I think there needs to be. Like if you're serious about it, you need to prioritize the the well-being of your people. Mm -hmm. But that is going to come at the expense of some other things. Maybe you do lose customers. Maybe you do lose projects. Maybe your revenue goes down. I don't know. Maybe. But potentially, you know, what if you reduce your revenue but double your profitability? That's a hell of a lot better to me. Yeah. So I think there needs to be decisions made on both sides. And I don't think this is all that crazy. I think the industry is going to have to confront this reality And that, the next generation does want a little bit more flexibility. And I think they're fine to ask for that. I I want more flexibility. I want to be able to have a nice family and and life and enjoy my work. I don't want to be just working 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. When you're working 80 hours a week, when you're even working 60, 70 hours a week, and you're driving an hour one way, you don't have a lot of time for anything else. That's it. Well, It's funny. I've been
1: thinking a little bit this uh, morning about how, you know, a lot of folks in the industry are have, have really long commutes. Far more than most people are driving into an office. Mm-hmm. That time's unpaid. Yep. Yeah. And so like the, that's... And getting, it's
0: unpaid and it's wear and tear on your vehicle, which is only, it's costing mm-hmm. you money. So it's both.
1: And mm-hmm. that's, then you're also, you know, losing that time with what, whatever you're like working to provide for in most instances. Mm-hmm. I saw something on LinkedIn and I know, I think wrote it, but I don't want to say they did. And then, It wasn't them, but was talking about like the importance of, um, you know, this person was talking about in their career when they realized that, you know, sure, they're making a good living and they're able to provide for their family. But if they're not seeing the thing that they're providing for, then it loses a lot of its uh, motivation that like that's the right situation. And so when when I see uh, Alex ask this question, like how do you make a good living and not eighty plus hours for a week? I love this work, but I miss out on so much of life. I I think that's like a really heavy subject that is both like really personal, but you're right. Like it also requires um, calling out like the management and the culture of the whole thing in the first place, because like a person can change this and go work somewhere else who has a different uh, approach to how do they schedule all the man hours. But it's still culturally there's just a lot, a lot of work to be done in those hours that people are going to be yeah have to do.
0: It's it's not that it's like you know the boss saying let's just work everybody to death. No one wants that. But it is it's, it's just like well, this is what it takes so we'll, we'll just do it. It's yeah culturally it's you're getting pressure from owners. You're getting pressure from a lot of different places, um, the equipment side, and there's a lot of pressure from all different angles to just work as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. But at, at at what point does it all break? At what point? And it's already starting to break. We already have this big workforce problem. Yeah, That's because young people are looking at our industry and saying, I don't really want to do that. I kind of want to do it. But if, that's what, if that is the reality, mm, I have a lot of other options.
1: Well, it's like if I, lose, if I lose the agency to set boundaries and to have any sort of what feels like balance, which we talk about balance in a lot of different ways. But if, if I'm looking at a prospective career and saying, here's all the things I really want to do. But if there are, are things in the way that would like make my life inherently worse or I would not get the things that are important to me in life, like of course people were gonna step away from that and go to something else. Yeah. Like, that's pretty typical
0: and, and I, natural. I, I just I don't I don't see this as people wanna work less or work no. less hard. No, they nothing just to do with that. They just want a little bit a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe there are some eighty hour weeks. But you clearly communicate that. Hey, here's the reality of the situation. We need to meet this schedule. If we meet the schedule, this is what it means for everybody. Everybody wins here. So we're going to have some weeks that are going to be 80 hours. But then at the end of this job, we do it successfully. Maybe we take a week off. Or whatever it is. Whatever. That's not that crazy. Yeah. I don't think everybody's going to say, nope, screw you. I think even if they just get a little bit, just throw them a bone, that's going to go a long ways right now.
1: I feel like I've seen references, um, you know, guys talking about, you know, they're always working Saturdays and some Sundays. As if the some Sundays part is like an achievement. Um,
0: well, but then you have the whole, you know, wearing it like a badge of honor. Yeah. That, oh, I work more than you do. And it's the tough guy world. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you only worked 80 hours this week. I did 90, 98. You're like, how the fuck did you even work 98 hours? Like that. I'm, I'm right, Great. How is math. everything else in your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do. No, a you math didn't, that. you like, didn't think about it. Wait okay, a minute. How, how are you getting to that yeah. number? Um but I, uh, it, it's, it, this is a complex issue, but something that if I was an owner, mm-hmm. I would be seriously questioning right now, seriously questioning, because if you want to go develop your workforce, you're going to need to figure this out. And then if I was an individual, I would be looking at what's most valuable to me right now. If I can go put in the time, if I can go work the 80 hours a week, I'd probably be working the 80 hours a week. Because now I'm getting twice the experience as the next guy getting 40 hours a week. Yep. So now I can accelerate my career a lot faster. Now I'm making more money. Now I can stash that money away. It's giving me a lot of opportunity in the future. But if I have a family and I want to spend more time with my family and that's the priority in my life, then I'm going to go work at a company that, hey, yeah, we don't really work weekends. You know, we might work a Saturday here or there if we need to get the job done, but we prioritize your family, your well-being. We work Monday through Friday typically 40 to 50 hours a week. We pay everybody well. We do a great job. I know a lot of companies like that. Yeah, I, was,
1: I, I can think of a handful that we <laughs> that's have not worked with of. or
0: do work with that have ex,
1: that exact process. We've had a lot of them on the podcast. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure. Well, Alex, hopefully that's uh, helpful to you. I, I, the uh, amount of hours that um, a lot of folks in, in our industry you know, are just called to that are just what's part of the the expectation, I find that really interesting. And I do think that a lot of the uh, perspectives and a lot of the opinions seem to be the e- either you wear it like a badge of honor or I can't keep doing this. And so to me, like none of those are really sustainable but they're and but they're, deserve some sort of uh,
0: addressed somehow in the culture. There are other people, though, that they just work because they, they love it.
1: Yeah, because it's what they want to do.
0: They, there's, I know a lot of people that they'll work 12 hours a day, every day, seven days a week just because it's what they do, just because they love it. They yeah. just love moving dirt. They love building stuff. And that's fine, too. I just think we need to be a little, just a little bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a little bit. A little bit. This isn't crazy. <laughs> I, I, but what do I know?
1: Well said. Well, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Got one more question from Colby. I work for a rather large mining company and I'm looking for some advice. I'm working with someone that's extremely difficult to work with. This individual is extremely negative about everything and thinks his way is always best. Myself and other members of my team just put up with him and deal with his attitude, trying not to get into an argument and keeping things as quiet as possible. How can we better go about working with this person?
0: It's tricky. Yeah, mm-hmm. these are all tricky questions and I don't really know I don't have good answers to yeah. any of them. Um, what I would probably do, I would get to know the person as an individual and start, you know, oh, I just want to get out of here because I'm going fishing this weekend. And then Monday comes around. How is fishing going on? Like start to actually care Mm -hmm. about them as a human being, even if they're really difficult. And even if they just give you one little morsel of who they are as an individual, I would start working on that front and get to know them as an individual, as a human being. If they do something good, I would give them positive feedback. I think positive encouragement is a very Mm -hmm. wonderful form of influence and works well for everybody. So if they ever do something good, throw them a bone. Recognize them for that and tell them they're doing a great job. Mm Um. Because we've read in other books and in other situations, there's, there'll be somebody that is the biggest grump in the entire world, but they're recognized just one time and that completely changes their entire personality yep. because they've never been recognized in their 30 plus year career or whatever it is. That's the sad reality of the macho world we live in, but it's a reality nonetheless. So I would get to know them as an individual. I would recognize them for the hard work they put in or whatever good they do. And then I would involve them in the process, get their input and do my best to, to mm-hmm. listen and, and take their advice with whatever kind of credit I can give it, but ultimately get the job done. I would start there though. I would start from the human side mm-hmm. of things if I were in that position, which we, is way easier said than done. Yeah. Like step one. Okay, cool. Let me take my ego. Let me put it right here. Now I'm good to go. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's an
1: extremely easier said than done scenario. It's way yeah.
0: easier said than done, but you have to go put your ego aside and just say, all right, how do I get to know this individual? How do I care for this person?
1: We've talked about situations kind of like this in the past. Um, we've gotten questions about, uh, you know, if someone is a, a foreman or something like that and they have someone who, who reports to them who maybe has an attitude kind of similar to this. We've talked about that. We've also talked about you know somebody is young and they have someone they report to, and that person above them has some of this attitude. But, but those approaches are different than I think if someone is essentially equal with you in the decision making hierarchy. Because I think um, if you're like the leader of this person, you know you are going to have some sort of ego because like you are leading them, and it's like well they're coming to me for my opinion and if they're not then you know maybe they should be i i I think i think there's a a specific level of trickiness and complication when you're kind of essentially on the same level and so mm, i just wonder i don't know that i would know what to do with that other than approach it just from the human level only
0: i and it sounds crazy but you apply some love and care to that situation, mm-hmm. it'll change. It'll change. I mean, that's what, like, um like one of my favorite books, Everybody Matters. That's yeah one of the big foundations of it is they would go in, they'd buy these companies, they'd have all these grumpy factory workers, and they would just love and care these people. And these people had never been loved and cared for ever before ever. Mm-hmm. And they some of them had 30, 40 year careers. They've just been never they've never been loved. They've never been cared for. They've never felt special. Um and they give them this craving, this deep inherent sense of of like craving to be important, to feel important, to feel like you matter. Yeah. And once you give someone to give someone that in an authentic manner, it's a different ball game. Yeah. But it does take a lot of emotional strength and understanding on your part to know that and recognize this isn't about me. This is about the team. And if this one person can get along with everybody and just be happier and cared for, Mm -hmm. we all win as a result. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And it has to be genuine because if you approach it from a, well, let me just go tell Bill what he wants to hear and try to act nice, but it's really not nice. And you're only doing it to go get him to act a certain way. Well, that's just going to make it worse. Yeah, that's
1: not real. That's it. I find this. I find these kinds of questions really interesting, and I feel like they get fifty wheels turning in my head all at
0: once. Yeah, and there's and there's no context here, so no, I, certainly I, I no context. Fuck, I I don't I don't really know. But if I were in this position, based on the very limited information I have, I would just how can I care for this person more deeply? Mm-hmm. That's what I would be asking. You
1: you did say one thing that I, I am am thinking a good bit about when you're saying you know if you're approaching this situation kind of setting your ego aside, but also saying like, this isn't about me. I think both like the whole situation, just like as, you know, what we're working on here at work isn't about me. Mm -hmm. I have my role in this, but also like, if that person's acting a certain way, like towards me and towards, you know, maybe other coworkers, that's also not about me. No, they, they clearly have like their own baggage that they're bringing into this. And so I I do think that's, it is a healthy thing to kind of remove yourself from their equation. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me, still, that is just the human part, that there's really no like technical, prove yourself to this person by getting a certain certification, and then they'll trust, you know, like I don't think there's, that doesn't feel
0: real. Uh, but that's this. what makes every human, that's what makes everybody, every human problem a, hum, a human problem. Like, yeah. That's what makes human beings human beings. It's it's always different. There's mm-hmm. emotions. There's there's logic. There's We're just, we're complex creatures. So every situation is completely different. Yep. But that's what makes it so special some people look at that like it's a curse like it's the worst part about management or running a business or whatever it is i think it's the coolest thing about managing a business or whatever it is Mm because if you set these people up for success if you foster their creativity and put them into the right roles and care for them and love them they go do crazy things that you would never think is, is is possible they go create things that you could never dream up yourself um so I, I, think that, I think that is the coolest thing about people, yeah. because they are complex. They are tricky. No two are the same. There's not one single approach that is going to apply to every grumpy person out there. But it, I would at least start with love and care. Mm-hmm. And if it gets you somewhere great, and if it doesn't, OK,. You know, you, 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 but you, you tried, you gave yeah. it your best shot. If you gave it your best shot, you gave it your best shot. Move on. It's not about you. Keep doing your job. Yeah, right, that's right. Cool.
1: Well, uh, Colby, thanks for reaching out. I know that this is clearly a complex issue. And to me, it's almost like you try one thing. If that doesn't work, you try another thing. You know, I, I just, I don't know that a situation like this is, ah, oh, I got my homework now. now. Now I know how to fix this. Like, it, because you're saying everybody's different, you're not saying that. That's not something you came up with. Everybody is different. I'll credit that to you. But I think that this is almost like even if this doesn't work with this guy, that these kinds of things we're talking about do apply to the next situation.
0: There, yeah. There, every situation is different, but then there's also common. Uh, there's also you know common human nature. Yeah, and I think every human there's there's a deep sense of of wanting to belong, a deep sense of wanting to contribute to something bigger. There, there are some key some key themes there and and so while you have to apply each one in a different way you can still start in the same places and at least see where that takes you
1: heard thanks thanks for digging into that aaron and thanks colby for sending in the question i think we're at a dirt talk here at dirt talk studios
0: excellent well thanks for tuning in to this week's episode everybody if you haven't checked out the vlog on youtube check it out because we are firing on all cylinders right now super fun multiple videos every yep. single week so if you haven't checked that out just search Aaron Witt on YouTube and if you have questions or a thought to send us for the podcast send it to Dirt Talk at Talk mm-hmm. And I think that's all so that's it everybody we'll see you next week in the meantime stay dirty